0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America N.A. member FDIC.
1: You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to Gary Baldy, Red, as we head into the international break with Nottingham Forest on the back of four straight defeats in the relegation zone. So we'll talk about that and how they can get going, hopefully, in the coming weeks. Uh, It's also a year of Steve Cooper tomorrow, so we'll discuss that. Uh, First of all, in the company of Red's legend, Gary Birtles. Morning, Gary, are you well? Good morning. Yeah, very well, thank you. Good, good. And second guest today is Michael Temple. Temps, you okay? Morning, Matt. I'm good, thank you. Good, 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 good. Uh, It's also today the anniversary of Brian Clough's passing uh, 18 years ago today. I mean, Gary, there's not much more you could say about Brian Clough, but we can't let the day go without some kind of recognition. Uh, It's always a tough day for you, given how close you were to him.
2: It's always going to be a tough day. You know, he was almost like part of your family. You know, I can remember vividly the, the day he passed away. Uh, when Nigel let me know and uh yeah it was like you know a member of your own family because of you know what we achieved as as a group together. Yeah, it's still uh it's still there, you know, and it will always still be there because it was so special. It was
1: just such a special time. Obviously he put Forest on the map and the managers today has put them back on the map to an extent. Tomorrow's a year of Steve Cooper attempts we've waited a long time for managers to come along who can deliver what he's delivered obviously
0: it's tough at the moment but just reflect on a year of Cooper yeah I'm certainly not going to compare him to uh, Brian Clough but yeah incredible achievement and I don't think that where we are at this moment in time should detract from the fact that he inherited a club who were in the relegation zone in the championship and and did what he did I think it's fair to say if Steve Cooper had finished mid-table in the championship last year there'd be less pressure on his job than there is now so just a fantastic galvanizing effect that resulted in promotion and look we are where we are right now and we'll get into that but Steve Cooper um, can be immensely proud of what he's achieved in the last 12 months
1: yeah before we do get into that I mean Gary we used to to do your column for the post year after year and we talk about you know oh maybe this is the year maybe this is the player and for Cooper to to actually do it I mean he's written his whatever happens he's written his name is the history of the clubs hasn't he Oh, unbelievably so! I mean, you—you you rightly so. Well, you
2: said where, where we were when he—he he, he came to the football club, bottom of the table, at one point, and uh, you know, we all thought maybe we're going the other way instead of the way we've gone. And to, to turn it round, how he did has just been absolutely immense, and uh, should be so proud. The fans should be so happy that he—he he came and he did this for us. And yes, it's been an indifferent start to the season, but you know. T- It can get better without a doubt. I think we've seen glimpses of, uh, you know, how well we can play. I think the problem is, um, you know, the number of players and, you know, trying to find the right team to start in his own mind. You know, it's difficult when you've got that many people to keep happy.
1: What did you make of the Fulham game overall, Gary? Just general thoughts before we break it down.
2: I I thought, again, it it was just deja vu with the Bournemouth game. You know, we, we did okay in the first half. We went in front again. And Steve can do nothing about his players switching off. You know, you've got to learn your lessons from the previous game. If you don't learn your lessons as a player, there's nothing the manager can do. All he can say is what he says half-time. And I'm sure he said, don't let this, you know, don't let it happen again. What happened against Bournemouth? And what happens? Three goals in six minutes. You know, that's just lack of concentration. That's switching off. And then you're on the back foot again. You know, you get back in the game, but it's too late. And... Yeah, it's, uh, it's it must be so annoying for Steve and you know his staff when you know he sees a lot of the good stuff that that goes on and then all of a sudden it's turned round in an instant and you're chasing a game again.
1: Let's go through the goals before we come to selection and tactics Things that's a, a separate debate. Um, Temps, the first goal, I mean Awan E he hasn't scored any uh, well, I should ask Gary about will ask you Tempts. He hasn't scored any blinders yet, but yeah, that's a good thing to me in
0: a sense, isn't it? That he's getting in the right area. Well, I've heard that described as a scrappy goal, but I don't think it was because it was about instinct. He knew that if the flick-on was won uh, between the sticks and he was going to be in a good position to to win the second ball. And it played out later on, didn't it, with Worrell's flick-on when he had a, an identical chance at the back stick in the second half. So I think that uh, demonstrates that predatory instinct. The way that he's, he's scored so far in this team has been about alertness in the six-yard box rather than those bustling runs. But I think he demonstrated that he is that little bit different to the other number nines in our squad and that with the right service and giving run in the team he can become a goal scorer so I'm not deriding that goal at all and I think strikers watching it and I'm sure Garrel have this view that's a goal to be proud of because he anticipated better than the defender that was marking him and the finish was you know pretty good that's coming at him at a fair lick it's had the nudge on from Ryan Yates he's had to adapt his body shape and get in the right position and he wasn't missing was he so yeah a lot of credit for, for Tywo for putting that one away.
2: Well, let's put it in perspective a little bit here. Tottenham game. Had he been playing in that Tottenham game, I think we might just have won that game because those three balls in the across the face of the goals in the six-yard box, where's he scored his two goals from? The six-yard box. Instinct. That's right. You're right, Temps. You know, it's, it's all about instinct. It's about being in the right place. And that Tottenham game, had we had somebody in the right place, we might well have won that game because we played very well. And I thought we were unlucky. But, uh, you know, that's what strikers, good strikers do. They, They... They know it's going to come their way. They expect it to come their way. And,
1: uh, you know, he certainly does that. I'll contradict my running order then because we sort of touched on team selection there. I mean, there was a big debate going into this game. Temps, me and you did a bit of a preview and said what we thought should happen. Cooper went his his own way. And to an extent it works. Obviously, it didn't in a large extent as well. What did you make of the selection? You know, no Worrell, no O'Brien, other players given chances.
0: Yeah, that's where he got it wrong for me and this isn't a hindsight thing because we did talk through this last week, I think Lewis O'Brien was man of the match and he was on the pitch for 20 minutes and we saw a level of industry, a busyness, a willingness to run, to tackle, to pass that was missing before he arrived on the on the scene. So Lewis O'Brien's selection for me is inked in for the next fixture uh, because because of that, because the showing he made with 20 minutes was... Beyond can I just can I just interrupt a little bit there? Of it's course. all
2: right to do 20 minutes but you have to do 90. And maybe that's why he wasn't in the starting 11 because the manager thought he couldn't you know he, he didn't he couldn't do 90. There used to be a lad called David Johnson at Liverpool called Super Sub came on for 20 minutes and destroyed everybody but he very rarely started a game.
0: I've seen no lack of fitness from Lewis and nothing to suggest. No, that I'm not saying about fitness by impact. Yeah. Well look I, I may maybe maybe who who knows but I think that what he brings to that side the level of industry just being an all-round footballer I, th- I think he could add something and before the game we we called that his presence and also the steady hand of of Joe Warr at the back could make a difference and as it played out they they did right they had they had a positive impact when they when they came on the pitch Lewis obviously um got the goal and there was a good touch in that build up from from Jesse Lingard to to put um Brennan through so so yeah I I think I'm going to be slightly critical of that team selection because it didn't bear out quite as he thought it would. Yates he didn't have his best game defensively. Uh, we lacked a bit of composure at the back. The the lack of pace was exposed again. And Joe wasn't in the side. Um, but those those runners in behind, especially for the, the the you know the wonder strike, was a was a good finish. But it was a result of them getting in behind, recycling the ball, and finding the space on the edge of the box. So there were some defensive frailties there. And I just think that Worrell solidified that, put his foot on the ball, found a pass, used it in a slightly wiser fashion than we had done in the the first half. So I am critical of the team selection. I'm also critical of the way we set up in the first half. Whatever 11 go out there, we played the first 30, 35 minutes like a massive underdog in a cup game by sitting off, being compact, not pressing, choosing not to press, allowing them to have the ball. And they were able to move it quickly, change the point of attack, and, and get it as quite quite easily. So the pressure was there to be seen in the first half. And I don't think we quite reacted quick enough. Now, look, that that sounds incredibly negative. I think we've got the weapons in the squad to fix it through team selection and imposing ourselves more on the game, more in the game, especially at home in the first half. Because no one can say we came out of the traps positively on Friday night.
2: Well, the thing is, again, you've, the one person you've not mentioned who I thought caused problems for them when he came on was Sam Surridge. I thought he was a nuisance. I thought he was a pest. I thought he was making decent runs. He was stretching their defenders really well. Um, you know, his energy has is, is never been in doubt. His work rate's never been in doubt. And I think that upsets defenders. Well, I know it does because I did that. You know, and I, I always closed defenders down. That was my job put pressure on them, try and force a mistake. And I thought he did particularly well when he came on. Um, so that there's another option for you. You know, we know he can finish if he gets the opportunity. Just because we're in the Premier League doesn't mean he's not going to finish as well as he did in the Championship. You know, if the chances come your way and he finishes like he did, you know, you, you've got an opportunity there. Uh, I think the one worrying thing is, you know, not from, you know, just from me or us, the whole Forest fans, is that, we've lost to the two teams who came up with us. You know, and that, that you know, is a bit of a concern. You know, we beat West Ham, who did particularly well last season. Uh, they're having a bit of a struggle still. Um, and the, the thing is, the table doesn't look overly bad. Yes, we're in the bottom three, but you look at mid-table, it's seven, eight points. You know, so you win one, one game and you're back, you know, in a, a half-decent position, but you have to get that win pretty quickly. And uh, we talked about the runner games um, the previous podcast we did, and the runner games look well with Bournemouth and Fulham. Well, we've lost two of those, two out of two with those. Um, the Leeds game obviously was off, so we've got Leicester, but that's not going to be easy. Yeah, they're, they're bottom of the table, but you know they're Leicester, and it's a local derby, and uh, you know they'll see it as an opportunity to get themselves back in contention of getting out of that bottom three. So but it's an opportunity for us as well. We beat them last season in the FA Cup deservedly so. So we've got we've got nothing to fear or worry about there.
1: With um the defence particularly Gary two questions I suppose. The first one is it's quite a big call to leave out Warhol or is it or is it actually not a big call because just because he's captain does that put him on a different pedestal? No, it's out? always a
2: big call. Co- it's always a big call to leave your captain out no matter who you are, you know. Brian Clough would never uh, you know left John McGovern out the side. Um you know, he's pivotal in what we did. And, uh, you know, Brian Robson would never have been left out of the Manchester United team. You know, your captain's your captain. So, I think it was a little bit of a surprise. I think every what we all said before a ball was kicked, um, lack of pace at the back um, is, is it, going to be a problem unless you are very, very, very good at concentrating for 90 minutes and, you know, being able to, um, you know, expect the runs of strikers, you know, expect what they're going to do. But lack of pace at the highest level is always going to find you out a little bit if you're not, a, you know, a world-class player. You know, I played against uh, Gentile, you know, and he, he wasn't fast, but my word, what a player he was. He was nasty, but, uh, you know, the most misnamed player of all time. Um, but, you know, he's, the, the reading of the game, it's like, you know, Han, Alan Hansen, when played against people like him, you know, not the fastest in the world, but my word, did he read the game brilliantly? And uh, that's that's a world class attribute, I think, at the highest level. I always say it: the concentration levels have to be so good uh, at the highest level. I do at any level, but the the lower you go, your concentration levels are, are not as good. That's why you're playing in a championship first, and you know we're we'll League One, League Two, um, purely because you're not as good as the players at the highest level with regards of concentration and uh, things like that people forget about things like that they did people look at ability and how many goals you score but if you haven't got that you know now and that concentration for the whole 90 minutes you'll get found out and I think we've got found out you know a
1: little bit too easily at the moment at the back I suppose Gary a second thing to that is there's been quite a lot of chopping and changing at the back because no one's really put their hand up does that make it harder? You play at the back when you've got Cook in and out, Warrell in and out, hopefully Neokate's back soon. That will make a big difference. But in terms yeah, of that was the difference, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, we lost him. We lost him
2: and that was a big, I, I think, a big problem. Um, you know, the sooner he gets back, hopefully, the you know, the better for us. But you can't rely on one man. I mean, I played at the back and I found it easy because I played as a striker. You know, I just knew the runs, you know, strikers were going to make and I wasn't the fastest. I was when I got going, but, you know, if it, Five ten yards, not particularly, but I compensated for that by just dropping a little bit and, you know, just looking at the referee before I pulled the guy's shirt or stood on the back of his ankle. You know, you use things like that just to, you know, get the better of things. Um, but, yeah, I enjoyed playing at the back. It was, uh, you know, it, it gave me quite a few
1: more years than I actually might have had playing professional football. But In terms of, you know, you rightly talk about, Seeing games out and concentration is it harder because when you play at the back, you want to know where the other center half is and where the right back is. And if the guy behind you is different each time, does that make it more difficult to to, to see a game out and not make the errors for us to making? It's about talking for me. I think you need leaders out on the pitch, uh, you need the vocality out there.
2: Um, you know, people often say, Well, you know, he's shouting this and he's shouting that, you know, blah blah blah, just for show. But I disagree with that. I think if you're you know, sort of, I, I always used to do it. I mean, I played with Paul Futcher at uh, Grimsby at the end of our careers. And we both did that. We were both shouters. We were both, and we got two promotions on the trot because, you know, you can switch off and you don't want your teammates to switch off. You know, you've got to keep them on the toes. And I think somebody with vocality can do that and you respect them for it. And, uh, you know, I, I was the same. You know, if, if I wanted people to, if I wasn't doing the right things, I wanted to be, to be told I wasn't doing the right things by my teammates and, you know, I had people like Ian Bowyer who would tell you things like that. And uh, it, it was good because you learn then. you know, you learn and you think about what you're going to do when you get out there. Not the instinctive bits, but the closing down, you know, and the being aware of what's around you. And I think, you know, the championship level to Premier League level, I think we've the players have seen how big a difference there is between switching off in the championship and switching off in the Premier League. It's, it's just you, you get absolutely battered if you keep doing it. And in the last two games, you know, which, yes, there's been a couple of, you know, fantastic strikes. But there have been avoidable goals for me as well. You know, and that, that's a disappointment, you know, the avoidable goals. You know, do the right thing and, you know, maybe get rid. You know, don't try and be clever. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a learning curve, but it's, it's got to be a quick learning curve because you can get cut adrift quickly. And at the moment, like I said, the league table doesn't look as bad as our position. And we go back to the Tottenham game. You know, that game was, you know, it was winnable for us. Um, and we played well in that game. And we we all said, if we play like we did against Tottenham, we'll, you know, we'll stay up. If, you know, if we play like we did against Bournemouth, we won't sort of thing. You know, that's the what the Forest fans were saying. So it's, you know, it's a matter of getting the, the right team in Steve's head, you know, the players he wants out there and uh, I think the international breaks come at a good time for us so, you know, you can work on that and I'm sure we'll see something different uh, the other end of that international break.
1: It's a bit of a catch-22 for Cooper temps in the sense that we want continuity and consistency of selection but we also want to see, you know, fans saying, what about Emmanuel Dennis? Uh, Brandon in the comments are saying, what about Biancon? You know, there's all these players it's a bit of a rock and hard place, isn't it?
0: Yeah, he's in a difficult spot because Plan A hasn't quite worked out how he wanted it to. But the the margins are paper thin between where we find ourselves now and being on more points. So conceding that goal at Everton, losing to the two promoted teams, then let's not forget the the VAR interventions against um, West Ham. You know, there's you can make a case for the team being on anything from one to nine points, and we find ourselves on, on four. Steve Cooper's having these kind of shouts now from the periphery about changing the system, which I don't think he'll do, because he's recruited players and managed this entire year off the back of three at the back, and that's the way he likes to play. So whilst, yes, you, you could condense it in centre-mid, where, where you know experts feel there's been some uh, gaping holes defensively by going to a flat-back four, I don't think he'll do that. And I don't think to your question, Matt, he'll be influenced too much by external voices. If there's a shout from a member of the coaching team or the analytics crew that suggests that a, a different system might work, he'll work on that and make the changes. But he's not going to react to fan pressure. And you know, nor nor should he. He knows how to get the best out of this team. I think he's had a couple of experiments so far with selection which haven't gone quite the way that he thought he would. But I think he'll get himself out of this through selection rather than a change in the system. And I think that's probably the right thing to do because there are a lot of combinations to try. There's a lot of players that we all feel can live with this level, but I think we can all agree we haven't quite found the right combination yet. And putting Willy Bolly in that back three for Joe Worrell didn't improve it. And the midfield we had out on Friday night wasn't quite the one for me. So I think they're the two selections that he needs to, to, to change um to make a marked improvement but i i don't think we'll see him go to a flat back 4 anytime soon
1: i can't I mean i hope he doesn't listen to people on podcasts but
0: i'm going to i think he should change
1: formation to me they look like they just there's so many gaping holes in midfield and maybe having mangalo and o'brien fixes that and they don't need to change formation when they're back because they are athletic and can get across the pitch but especially against fulham you see these huge holes in midfield to me you either have to play a flat back four and sacrifice those attacking fullbacks to an extent, not entirely. You see, like, you know, Alexander Arnold and Robertson not to make comparisons, but they can get up and down the pitch. Or you you take out one of these front three and put an extra body in midfield, or even make Gibbs White play deeper in midfield. But to me, with results, I think being a little bit more conservative, having an extra body in midfields would be sensible now. It doesn't mean you can't go back to 3-4-3 in this system they're playing now, especially at home. But going to Leicester, I watched Leicester v Spurs. I know it was 6-2, but Leicester going forwards look really good. And I think if we give Madison time and space on the ball and Tiedemann's time and space on the ball, then they might really hurt Forrest. That's looking forwards. I mean, Gary, you've played at the highest level, obviously, so you know more than me about this. Do, do you think, <coughs> excuse me, do you think they need to change formation or is temps right they should stick with what they've got? Uh, I think it, in the
2: Premier League, I think midfield is, is the vital area for me because there are so many gifted individuals in um, you know most teams creation-wise. And if you don't cut that avenue off, then the, you're going to let them keep creating and cause you problems. And uh, I, I think sometimes... I, but saying that, I, I watched Norwich a lot, You I know, commentated on them a lot when they were in the Premier League, when they kept coming up, going down, coming up. And... Uh, you know, they played Puki up front by himself. But they still went down, you know, with the system they played. You know, they, they couldn't they couldn't hack it. And that that's what I'm saying about the midfield situation. I think sometimes you have to try and stifle oppositions. Because it, it's all right. You know, you talk about strikers. They're beholden on service from midfield. And, you know, the Harry Canes will tell you, you know, this world will tell you that they are vital to what he does. But if you, if you can stop them... um I'm not. I'm not talking about Man City because if you stop one, you've got the other four. You know, four or five players who are going to hurt you. Uh, but against you know other teams that you know you think are going to be in your uh, neck of the woods in the table, then you can stifle and th- then on the counter we have got pace. You know, we can hurt teams. Uh, so it might be you know something to look at just to change it for a game and see how it works. Um, but only Steeble, you know, only Steeble know that at the moment. We had Jed Spence last year who was a revelation. You know, you can't say anything else. He's not getting a game at Tottenham at the moment. Um, You know, he was terrific, but that was in the, you know, that was in the Championship. Would he have done it in the Premier League? We don't know because we've not seen him yet. Um, So you've got to forget things like that, but I I think, you know, to to stop teams playing a little bit, you have to frustrate them and the way to frustrate them is pack the midfield out sometimes and then, like I say, we have pace on the break, so once you win that ball back, you put teams on the you know massive pressure straight away because they'll know you have that pace and that ability uh, to do that. So it'll be an interesting you know uh, couple of weeks. He's got to work with the players, work with the squad, get the fitness levels back, uh, you know the injured players, and you know see what we've got coming out the other end. But it'd be good to get something at Leicester before everything uh, you know kicks off again.
1: Yeah, I mean, Temps, I think I asked you what Cooper might do, not what you would do. So I should give you the opportunity of what you would actually like to see in terms of a
0: shape. Yeah, well, look, sticking with three at the back, I think to Gary's point, we should pack the midfield by removing one of the luxury players and and putting another workhorse, rounded central midfielder in there. So my team, if you want it, Matt, would be to get Nierkate back at the heart of this defence with McKenna and Worreleva side of him. Keep faith with Lodi, who... It hasn't quite clicked for yet, but I think his his coolness on the ball, his his threat will will come good and he'll he'll prove to be a shrewd acquisition. Williams, rock solid so far, he keeps his place. So nothing unfamiliar there. But I think that O'Brien Mangala combo could be the 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 right mix of everything that we need to be busy with the ball and busy without the ball. And I think that that could be a, a real linchpin in there. However, I think having three you know, luxury players, want of a better phrase, ahead of them is a little bit indulgent and has allowed us to be overrun at times in centre mid, where a lot of teams play a three and they, they have been passing around us for, for fun at times and passing through the line, certainly. So I just wonder if if E is a focal point with Morgan Gibbs-White playing in that 10 role, getting up to support him when he can, but dropping deep when work is required is a way to go about it and adding Froiler to the mix as well. So Hendo, Neocarte, McKenna, Worrell, William and Lodi, Williams and Lodi, uh, O'Brien, Mangala, Froehler, with Taiwo as the out and out nine, and MGW getting up with him as a ten. So look, that's that's just removing one of those um, attacking runners, which will remove a certain something from the team. I know. But I just think we need to add another industrious player to, to centre mid because whatever combination of two you pick at the minute, if they've got three ahead of them who aren't really in the game defensively, that's you know just just proving uh, a little bit frail for Premier League opposition and not gold standard Premier League opposition. Let's not forget that as Gary said earlier, Fulham and Bournemouth have both come to the City Ground and scored three goals. We've got to stop that. Yeah.
1: Mm, true, true. I mean, Gary, I suppose there's more than one way to skin a cat, isn't it? Is it? all? A manager I used to work with at a lower level always said formations or give players excuses in a sense. Does it still come down to individual responsibility in doing your job to make a collective performance?
2: Always has, always will for me. Um, you know, we, I used to come back for corners and I used to have to pick somebody up. I was told to mark somebody. It doesn't happen now. It just frustrates me when I see players not even watching where the ball is from a corner. All they're interested in is looking at the player. You know, it's the flight of the ball and the delivery of the ball that's going to catch you out, not the bloke. You know, all he's got to do is sort of give you a little shove and he's off balance and you don't even know where the ball is and, you know, he gets a free header. Um, Yeah, it's always about individual responsibility. If my my, uh, bloke scored, I'd get a right rollicking off the manager. And it was always like that. You know, you, you have to take individual responsibility to for the better of the team. And uh, Yes, you can have your individuals who are outstanding, who will make a difference, who can change the game. And you accept that. Like Haaland now, you know, he, that, that bloke is just unbelievable. And, you know, he, he's got that service that he's, he's always going to have because there are that many classy players in that Manchester City side. So he doesn't have any responsibility apart from sticking the ball in the back of the net. But you know he's a one-off. Um, you know Harry Kane's work rate. You know it, it's not just about goals with him. Harry's work rate is tremendous. You know his movement's tremendous. You know he's a team player. Uh, so there are different sorts of strikers. There always will be. But you know first and foremost, you know, you have to take responsibility in your own performance. You know for the good of the team. And um, if if you've got players out there who can do that, then you've got half a chance because. You know they're going to dig in. They're going to do the right things if they possibly can. I have got a problem with players making mistakes if they try and do it the right way. It's, you know, make, players making mistakes for the sake of making mistakes to try and be maybe a bit clever or whatever. And we've got to cut those little mistakes out because they'll become bigger the season goes on And we, if we don't, you know, start moving out the relegation zone. So, yeah, it's, um, it's going to be a difficult one, but I want one I think Steve can overcome.
1: Disappeared there, Temps. You're back. I'm back, yeah. Sorry, I never lost you. Good, good. Um, Gary mentions corners there and mistakes, which leads on to probably the Fulham goals. Match of the day didn't make for a pretty viewing for Ryan Yates. He was picked out for all three. I mean, the first goal, to what extent is Yates to blame there for you when he gets blocked off?
0: No, it's, it's um, probably Mitrovic's biggest contribution to the game thus far, wasn't it? He made a perfect block on Ryan Yates. He then went down feigning injury to distract the referee from what he did. But he very shrewdly gave Yates his man a free run at the ball. And look, he, he, what a leap, big fella anyway, got up early and 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 put it away. So Yates he just needs to be aware of that and know that it's going to happen and know that Premier League opposition is shrewder. But on a pre-planned move from the training ground, they managed to steal a march and the big centre half is is up there and, and finishes really well so it's hard to blame Yatesy for that one but off the back of that yeah Dion Dublin got stuck in a bit didn't they and and, and pointed out um, some of the the, the frailties and the, and the mistakes and everything else and look I, I'm not going to hang the lads for mistakes but I think what all the supporters want to see is rectification and no lack of effort in trying to plug holes that that appear while we're getting used to the pace of the Premier League. And one or two examples weren't there where there was less than 100% effort put in in getting back in those positions and overcoming those mistakes. And that's what Steve Cooper is going to address in training this week. And that's what the supporters should be um, wrangled about. We all make mistakes or so whatever level of football we play, we have to forgive them, but we won't forgive a lack of effort. So, I think the message to the players is that, look, of course you're going to make mistakes. You're coming up against absolute class week in, week out. Whatever game plan you've got, there's 11 fellows that are trying to undermine it. But have the right attitude. Go again. Put the 20-yard sprint in and get back to where you need to be. Because there are one or two examples where that didn't happen on Friday night. And we just need to work that that little bit harder. I'm not bagging any any individual there. I think that applies to to absolutely everyone.
2: Well, I, I just said, you know, I don't mind players making mistakes if they're trying to do it the right the right thing. But uh, the one that sticks out for me in the Bournemouth game was when Jesse Lingard gave it away and then did nothing to try and retrieve it. Just walked. You know, if, if I'd have lost the ball there, I'd have been sprinting, you know, trying to get, you know, the ball back or put the guy under pressure. But, you know, he didn't and they scored from that. So it's those little situations that, you know, can annoy you. You've got to have that effort if you've made a mistake to try and rectify that mistake. And if you don't then you're gonna like I say the highest level you'll get punished. it's just as simple as that, not just in the you know the Premier League if you're looking la liga if you go to Italy and you know everywhere you know it 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 stands out more and um, you know you've gotta learn very quickly and the the disappointing thing about both those games we went you know we were in front and then we lost the games when we didn't need to and you know players like I said earlier. Steve can do nothing about that because he you can guarantee he would have said exactly what I'm saying now. Do not give them the opportunity to get back in the game early. You know, do the right thing. Do the basics well. And we just didn't do the basics particularly well. You know, that that's so important. The best teams in world football do the basics well. You know, yes, they've got fantastic ability. But if they don't do the basics well, Manchester City for me, yes, they beat us six. But their pressing and their desire to get the ball back uh, in every situation was just out. You have to do the best players in the world are the best players in the world because they do it all. They don't just do, you know, they're not just Flash Harrys. They work hard. They, they're they in that team because they work hard and they, they'll put their, their, their lot in. And I think we've got, you know, we, you, you've got to learn off people like that. Yes, you're not going to be as good as them but you can learn you know, the basics a little bit better.
0: Gary, can I just ask you about the defensive press? So from where I'm, I'm sat, I'm, I'm seeing teams outpress us and I was quite happy to let the opposition have the ball at, at home. So Fulham had 70-something percent of possession first half, mainly because we're happy for them to have it in their third, play side to side, change the point of attack without really threatening that a lot of the ball. We chose not to press. We chose to be deep and compact. Is that the way to go? Or could we impose ourselves more on these games by pressing further up the pitch, trying to turn over possession further up the pitch and giving the opposition less time on the ball?
2: Again, it's it's a that that is the major difference between the Championship and the Premier League. I think you can sit back a little bit more in the Championship and allow that to happen and, and counter teams. But I think in the Premier League, you have to have the confidence to be higher up the pitch. You know, probably five yards further up the pitch. And have confidence that you, you know, your two wing backs, if you like, are going to come round if you do get into trouble. You know, the only problem with that is if you switch off when you're going forward, and you know, teams can then hurt you because of where the uh, the wing backs are. That they'll try and hit you in those spaces which have been left by those runs forward. Um, But I'd rather. Press higher up the pitch then be you know dropping deeper and encouraging teams on because that's what you do when you drop deep you, you, you get surge after surge after surge because you know the teams the, the the back back players for that those teams have got nothing really to do, so they can get possession and start things off, and then you know the higher they go up the pitch, then you know the the craftsmen you know the artisans in midfield you know they're the ones who will then take over and it's constant pressure. You know, you've got to try and reapply the pressure on them further up the pitch. And, uh, you know, that was my job to start with. You know, I had to close people down. You know, you defend from the front. But I think we can, as a unit, we can, you know, maybe shuffle up the pitch a little bit more and make it more difficult for our positions.
1: I suppose part of the theory is that this worked last year in the Championship, didn't it? Because we had this explosive pace that we won the ball deep and then Jed Spence could run 60 yards Premier League clubs seem a little bit wiser to it to me. I mean, Gary mentions Man City. I saw an interesting stat about. I think they've got in terms of intensity, they're one of the lowest intensity teams on the ball. They don't move it quickly particularly, but they're they're winning it high up, and that they're the most intense team in the league. So when they've got the ball at the back, they'll pop it about side to side. But they, if they win it high at the pitch, they they'll absolutely murder you, as we've seen. And it's a difficult, yeah, difficult balance to 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 pick out overall, I guess. Just going back to Yates, then. I mean. I thought the second goal criticism was a little bit harsh. Nine times, It's another nine times out of ten thing you get away with it, not getting out that extra yard to Polina, but nine, 99 times out of 100, he doesn't bend it into the corner either, does he? The, the third goal was the one that killed me a bit. That was the real low point. That was just a catalogue of errors, wasn't it? I mean, Yates, again, I'm not picking him out. We'll ask about a general opinion of him in a minute, but he yes, gets caught. Are. Well, now I'm going to defend him in a bit. Uh, he gets caught out, then Loddy just runs into the center spot for enter the penalty spot for no reason. Freuler's I don't I don't see the whole thing, but Freuler runs into the picture late and looks like he's let let his man run off him. Maybe I'm doing him a disservice and he sprinted sixty yards to try and get back in. But to leave Reed that freedom in the box just compounded five minutes of absolute catastrophe. What I don't know, what do you make of that goal, Gary watching it? That's that's that is the one that is unacceptable to me.
2: Yeah, it is unacceptable, and in the, the players involved in that will know. But it's about learning. If you don't learn from that, that's that's the thing for me. The two games against two teams that came up with us, yes, they, they were automatic promotion. Fulham, you know, by a bit of a distance, Bournemouth only just. But, the, you know, they're the games you look at and say, right, you know, we can win these games. And if we don't make mistakes and do the like the basics right... Again, it's 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 about switching off and, you know, not being concentrated. You know, concentration for me is one of the most important things in, in football or any sport. You know, if you lose concentration, you, you're just going to, you know, you, you're going to lose your way. And I think that's what we've done. And if we don't learn from that, players have to learn. I keep saying this. I hate to repeat myself. But that's the only way to put it right by not doing that. And... Um, you know, Steve, you can do all the work you know in the world on the training pitch, but if players keep doing it when they're out there, like I say, there's nothing he can do about that, apart from keep telling them. But if if they keep making mistakes, then they don't deserve to be in the in the side if they're not learning from what they're doing wrong.
1: So what about Ryan Yates then? Temps, who's the topic on Twitter on Sunday morning, I think, as as normal. A lot of people writing him off as a Premier League player. Where are you at on him?
0: Don't write him off because his work ethic's incredible and he'll be aware of the facets of his game that need to, to improve. We've heard the stories pre-season about these pre-breakfast 10-milers, which I think Gary's done one this morning himself, <laughs> um, to, uh, to, to to make sure he was at least uh, ready in a in a fitness sense for the, for the Premier League. But don't write Ryan Yates off. You need players like that in your squad this year. He'll have a role to play. He doesn't start in my 11 at the minute because I think there are other players that just have a little bit more to them. And I think Lewis O'Brien can be that box-to-box Ryan Yates-style um, figure and add a little bit more to, um, to, to, to what he offers as well. So Yatesy has a big role to play for me. I'm not writing him off. He's not quite in my starting 11. Just a quick note on the goal. That was Harrison Reid's first goal for Fulham in 80 appearances. And he had the freedom of the pitch, didn't he? We've all seen the analysis on, on Match of the Day. I think if I can just go back two questions to the pressing debate, let's divide the Premier League in half because we've gone deep and compact there against two teams that we feel we're on a a bit of a par with and have the right to compete with. And that's a different prospect to Man City at home where you have to be deep and compact. I just want to see us go front foot against teams that we feel are there for the beating. And if we win five of those games and lose five, then fine. But I, I just think giving up possession at home against teams in the bottom quartile of the Premier League is a little bit submissive, and that's that's the point I was trying to make there. But don't write Yacy off; he'll be back. But he needs a couple of games out of the side for me.
1: Yeah, I agree. He wouldn't be in my eleven right now, but he's a player that I'd have coming off the bench in certain match scenarios. And he's a player who I think can grow into the Premier League. You know, it's a lot to expect someone to keep stepping up. And the same goes for Brennan. Maybe uh, I've advocated always picking Brennan. If he was in the team it's Leicester, I'd be happy. But if they do go with Dennis, or but, just two up front, then I'd be equally happy with that. I was just about to mention Brennan, because Temps
2: mentioned his team and uh, Brennan wasn't in the in, in that particular team, and you didn't mention you know the fact that you leave him out. So, would you leave him out at the moment?
0: I, I would, Gary, because I think he needs to, uh, and he will learn this, that being on the highlights reel every week in the Championship was brilliant, and he, he was probably responsible personally for 24 points. This season, you could argue that um, he, he's looked our most likely goal scorer in the in the games that he's had i think there's a bigger role to play for finishers um those that are going to finish the game in the Premier League than there is in the championship and that change of pace with a player like him will cause the opposition a lot of a, a lot of challenge and issue however he is a luxury player because he doesn't compete with headers for headers on the on the long punts he hasn't got any um real defensive attribute. He's not he's not pressing. Maybe that's because of, of how he's been asked to play within the within the system. But he's he's not quite doing enough. The highlights are still there. I think given all the time in the world he he would be the man for, for goals and assists. But at this moment in time, what we need is some industry in center mid. And that's the only way I can see to get it in there is is to is to get rid of that second striker in the system at the minute because we do need the 10, the one in behind Taiwo that can become the additional striker when we're in possession or when the ball's wide. I think that's more Gibbs-White than it is Johnson at this point. Again, similar point to Yatesy. Brennan Johnson has got 10 years in this first team if he wants it. And he's going to become an established Premier League player. Let's not get a sight of how young he is and how quickly we're asking him to adapt from League One to the Championship to the Premier League. But again, for me, he's a couple of games out of the side because of the situation that we're in, the fact we need to earn the right to play and pick up points by being a bit more solid defensively rather than taking a chance with three luxury players at the top of the pitch. I love Brennan Johnson. Tipped him at the start of the season for uh, you know, 15 combined goals and assists, and he still may well get there. He's not having it all his own way at the minute. He's coming up against better defenders, and he just has to develop that little bit more before he becomes an out-and-out automatic pick in this forest side. Great player, needs a little bit of time outside of the limelight, even if that's a couple of games. And he'll be back. Don't write him off again. But I don't think at the minute he's a guaranteed starter.
2: Well, I think that you know you have to look at him when he plays for Wales. Uh, he looks a totally different player for me at that level because he's playing with better players. You know, in that international setup, you know, he feels comfortable in that. I think the expectation levels on him are very high in the Forest team because of what happened last season. Uh, I said it on the last podcast. I think you know him and uh, Gibbs White, twenty-one, twenty-two. That's a lot of expectations on two young lads' heads. Uh, one, it's bad enough, but when you've got two um, in those forward positions, that it's asking a lot for them to, you know, get that consistency. Again, you go back to that was the other C word, you know, the concentration, but consistency is is the word. Again, I'll say what David Platt said all those years ago. You know, great players don't get a get better; they get more consistent, and that's one of the best sayings I've heard in football because it's so true. You know, the consistency levels, the best players in the world show are incredible. And that's why they, they are called the best players in the world. Um, so, you know, you can understand his performances, Brennan's performances when he's playing for his country are, you know, better because he's playing with better players. And that's no disrespect to anybody at Forest at all. That's just the way it is. And, um, you know, he's, he's, he's got to learn very quickly again. Because the Premier League is a harsh league to uh, to have to learn, you know. And we've seen Norwich again. They, I keep bringing them up. They can't find a way to stay in the Premier League. That's how difficult it is, you know. They have a season. They get in there. They go back down. They come back up. They go back down. It's like West Brom used to do the same. You know, the boing-boing Boy boing and Baggies. You know, it, it's so difficult in the Premier League to to stay in there, and um, you know, no matter who you are. You look at Everton, you know, the, the trouble they've been having. You know, the, Frank Lampard's job was on the line. You know, it's not just, you know, the teams who've come up from, uh, you know, the Championship. Other teams can get drawn in. West Ham are down there at the moment. Leicester City. You know, you wouldn't think those teams were going to get in those situations, but they have. And that's the, that's, that's the brutality of the Premier League. It can happen.
0: Exactly. So he- his next game will be his 100th league appearance. He's a 21-year-old lad. He's way ahead of where he should be. At this point in his career. And he he can write his own future Brennan Johnson. He could one day be a 15 goal man in the in the Premier League, no question. I and I, I agree with what you say there. You could you could plug him into a good side, couldn't you? Because of the weapons he's got, the the poise, the the pace, and find a way to involve him more in games. I think we're guilty of that at times as well. I think there are there are times where you'll notice he hasn't touched the ball for 20 minutes, but he needs to be fed that ball. And we haven't in a team that's gonna have 35% possession at home, you're going to be out on the limb a little bit, pinned on the right wing without the ball coming anywhere near you. But look, you know, look what happened first half. That ball that um that spun off when we when we won the corner was a result of his industry, his pace and his his willingness to to run. So look, not not dismissing Brennan Johnson. He'll be a star for years. No, but,
2: definitely not dis- dismissing him yeah. at all. I just think it's you know a little bit harsh. Uh, on him and Gibbs White because they are, you know, the, the two young players who a lot's expected of. And, uh, you know, we're only, we're, we're only you know, a, a little way into the season. So it's it's too early to be, you know, saying, well, he's not up to it. He's not up to it. You know, it's, it's a very difficult league to get used to. You know, Bergkamps and people like that came over. Hey, they didn't hit it off first time. You know, they struggled a little bit. Thierry Henry everybody thinks all oh, of these great players, but they find the Premier League difficult when they first come over because of the nature of what it is. You know, it's fast, it's furious, it's it's difficult. You know, any team's capable of beating anybody else. And, you know, it's, it can be harsh, um, but you have to, you know, you have to be strong in mind, um, more, more so than body, really. I think, um, you know, it's very easy to get down on yourself when, you know, you're being criticised. Um, but, it's early stages of the season. Yes there's a little bit worry because we're in the bottom 3 and you know mentally as a player when you're in the bottom 3 I never I never knew that because I I wasn't in that situation luckily. So I don't know you know what that does to a you know a player when he's in that particular position. But you've got you know you've got if it's if it's next you know sort of february you the, in the bottom 3 then you've got something to worry about but you know we're in september at the moment. We've got the world cup coming up. Um you know those two months you know, could be massive for, for, for Forrest and teams like Forrest, you know, to, to get things right and work on things. You know, that gap could be, you know, very interesting, you know, for, for Forrest, especially for me, because Steve works so hard on the training pitch and he, he'll he be aware of what's wrong and he'll be trying to put it right and he'll have time to put it right and, uh, you know, to, to start having a go at, uh, you know, anybody at this particular moment in time you know is is wrong yes we criticize because i criticize because i've played at that level and that's only because you know i i would have done something different to what i'm seeing you know when i'm watching the game so it's not criticism as such it's just oh you shouldn't have done that you know because i think i've got the knowledge to say that um, so it's never criticism for the sake of criticism um yeah so it's it's going to be an interesting few months now with the world cup coming up and I think uh, it's come at the right time for us. If we can just get one one win in the next couple of games, you know, you you suddenly looking more mid table than bottom table, and and that'll be good.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, just last year on Brennan, I'd actually be quite happy if he did play against Leicester, just because of his pace and how bad Leicester are at the back and what he did to them last season. Even Temps mentions winning corners. Even if he's winning corners out wide, just crossing his players' legs, we saw how bad Leicester are at the back. That's not even the worst tactic against them. I mean, is a point Leicester are absolutely dire at the moment, and Rogers is right on the ropes. Is a point a good result there, Gary? Uh I, I would say so. Any point any point at the moment is a good
2: point because we're not picking any points up. Um, you know, it gives you it's away from home. You know, it can it can set your season going a little bit more. But you still look at the, the quality of the players they have in their team. You know, don't dish the players they've got because, you know, they are decent players and they've been very good in the Premier League over the past few seasons. Um, so they'll they'll feel it's a game that could turn their season round, and we've got to be very wary of that. Um, I'm sure, you know, Steve will be telling the players that. Um, but it's also a game that we can, uh, you know, sort of hopefully build on, get something out of. But, yeah, I'd take anything at the moment because, you know, losing to Bournemouth and to Fulham, the two teams mm-hmm. we keep saying who came up, that that really hurts, you know. You win one of those two games, you're in a totally different place. But to lose both of them and get nothing out both of them when we should have done, you know, that's that's a disappointing thing. And uh, you know, Steve will know that he'll be annoyed at what he's seen uh, in both those games and trying his best to put it right.
1: Temps thoughts on the. I mean, we'll do more on Leicester next week, but just general thoughts. A point, or are you thinking that you know they need to win the game.
0: We have to avoid defeat because that would be five Premier League games lost in a row and none of us quite know what the Greeks would do at that point. We, we all saw what happened at Olympiakos over the weekend. I want Steve Cooper to finish this season as manager of Forest come what may. I've been quite consistent with that, but there will come a point in the ownership's mind where off the back of the investment they've made, they'll feel the need to make a change. So I think avoid defeat because that could be quite chastening. It would be um, triggering, potentially, for the ownership, looking at the, the recent run of results. However, we've got this run now of four games before Liverpool, which is Leicester away, Villa at home, and then trips to, to Wolves and Brighton. And it looks like a run in which you, you could pick up points if you get things right. I hope he does, because Steve Cooper, one year into his, to his reign can reflect on doing a lot of things really, really well. I think his mindset is still long-term. Establishing a team in which Joe Worrell, Joe Worrell, Ryan Yates and Brennan Johnson become starters is part of the culture he's trying to create to demonstrate that local players can come into this side and go on the football journey that they, they want to go on. So whilst Leicester is a game that we'd target, I think avoiding defeat is very, very important. Wouldn't be disappointed with a draw, but we have to back that up. With positive performances against Villa Wolves and Brighton, how long has he got? Who knows? I don't think that the ownership are particularly known for their for their patience. They have invested heavily. They probably want to see a stronger showing than what they're seeing now in terms of results. But I hope Cooper's given time because I think he could build something truly special here.
1: Yeah, we saw. I mean, Tempest is referencing Carlos Corbran being sacked after six weeks at Olympiakos. There. We have to be realistic and say that you know vans would like to see Cooper stay no matter what. But the, the ownership have invested a lot of money. Gary, I assume you would still be backing the manager even if they do lose to Leicester and a couple more beyond that. Oh, massively! I mean, let's, you know, again, perspective.
2: You're talking about Olympiakos. All due respect, the Greek league is not very strong. So if you're losing games there and you get in the sack, you, you probably understand it um because you know Olympiacos are, sp- are supposed to be one of the top teams and supposed to do better um but you know what what Steve Cooper's done and what he's he's still trying to do it, it it's got to be left alone um because we've seen how many managers Nottingham Forest have had over the past years and it just shows you it doesn't work keep getting rid of managers um you know it it's nearly worked before but nearly's not good enough um, but when Steve Cooper came in, we all saw, you know, the bright lights that emerged, you know, the, the fact that he had, you know, more or less the same players and got us promoted. Um, and then yeah, everybody was talking about the signings, how many signings, were there too many? And you, you think, well, can there ever be too many? You know, you need a big squad to be able to stay in the Premier League. But the problem with a big, big squad is is keeping everybody happy. That's the de- the difficult part. For any manager, and uh, I say once he gets the chance to to get his best team in his mind, uh, the best starting eleven, I I think um, that will be you know something we can look at after the international break and the World Cup, and then you can make a judgment more Um, because you know you need that time to be able to get your best eleven, and uh, it's not easy because you've got so many people, so many you know pundits or whatever, us lot doing this saying you know well you know you should play somebody up front maybe um i i'm always for playing you know getting a striker in the side because that that gets you promotion that stops you going down you know if you score goals and you you're winning games and uh, that's pure and simple you know you have to have somebody scoring goals for you um but it's it's not going to be easy it was never going to be easy no matter how many players you bring in um you know all the players that did come in you thought well Jesse Lingard's the only one who's a you know sort of a a name that everybody knows you know the froilers and you know lodies and people like that not a lot of people have probably heard of them you know and, and that's understandable uh, but it all might come right you, we just don't know it's too early in the season to to even contemplate thinking about anything like that because you know it's yeah we've, we've you know, we're in the bottom 3 but like i said the table isn't beyond us you know we're not getting cut adrift as yet and if we win one game you know we could get out the relegation zone and things look better so you know let's be patient at this this moment in time because you know Steve deserves you know that time for what he's achieved at this football club so far to, to
1: you know to put it right and, and get us moving up the league yeah I mean I think Mikel Arteta is probably the best example of giving a manager time at this level and what they can do Arsenal will look weren't a great side a couple of years ago. And now they're now they're flying with some cohesion and time to build a team, which I think is what Cooper needs. Very high expectations if you think he's going to make everything click so quickly after 20-odd new Dead signings. Um, just lastly, it was a comment earlier from Richard, I think, mentioning Brian Clough's passing and that we should reference it. We did do right at the start, Richard, so it has been covered. Um, right, I think we'll leave it there apart from any other comments or any other business temps. Anything you want to add before you disappear?
0: No, nothing to add. Well. I'm going to take a little bit of a lesson from uh, my lifestyle guru Gary Bertels, now, who says he look he looks so well because he he run, he walks five miles before breakfast. So I'm going to try and do better there. Good. No, I just do two hours. It's just
2: yeah, I try and do twenty thousand steps a day if I possibly can. So. Twenty thousand
1: steps a day. Yeah. Bloody hell! Fair play, Gary. Anything you want to add before you put in another ten thousand steps?
2: No, I'm just going for another walk in a bit, yeah. So um yeah, nothing nothing else. Just, you know, kit let's keep smiling because we're in the Premier League. You know, and we're not cut adrift. We have got a chance to to move up the table. And, you know, life's good. It's better than yeah. funnily enough, I don't even look at the results in the championship anymore. I don't about anybody else. It doesn't interest me now the championship for some you know, it's weird. You know, it's just the Premier League and I watch how Man, Nigel's doing it at Mansfield and how Notts County are doing, but I don't look at the championship. It's it's one of those things and that's purely down to Steve Cooper what he's done you know for Nottingham and uh, for the football club he's put smiles back on people's faces let's keep them there you know because
1: you know it it can get better True I certainly don't look at League One and what's going on there I couldn't tell you the first thing about how that's going right I think we'll leave it there Temp, so you want to say something you're itching to come in or are you just looking very content no he's he's itching to get out
0: because he's got that meeting so he's got got four minutes to the meeting Yeah, I'm a a pimp I'm a pen pusher, mate. This is it. I do need to find a way <laughs> to get away from this desk a bit more often than I do.
1: Well, yeah, I I'm you know, Working at home. Oh, my God. I need to get out a lot more. Right. We will leave it there. Uh, thanks to everyone who's watched along, commented as ever. And as I always say, if you enjoyed this, do uh, like and subscribe and give us a good review. The sun is shining so massively in my face. It's a good time to finish. Uh error. Oh <laughs> it is, yeah. Um next week, I'm not sure what we'll do, uh, because it's second week in Saturday. We'll talk about less stuff. I think we might do a bit of a Q&A type thing. So if people have got any questions, do think of those. Otherwise, in the meantime, Gary, thank you very much. Absolute pleasure, as always. And certainly was, certainly was. temps thank you. Cheers, fellas. speak to you soon. Uh, yeah, and we shall see everyone soon.